From Hassel, an award-winning multidisciplinary global design practice, this is Hassel Talks. Hello, I'm Julian Gitcham. I'm an architect and I work in our London studio. Universities are so exciting because they epitomise the state of flux the students are in and the process of change during their time studying and experiencing life and learning in their chosen city or campus. They also very often launch people into their chosen fields and create a pathway for a role in the future. I often think it's a privilege to be able to design educational spaces and to be able to work with great academic minds, enthusiastic and committed students and to help shape the problem solvers of the future. If you haven't stepped foot into a university campus in a while, you won't realise the enormous shifts going on inside educational institutions around the world. Long before COVID, there was a sense from our university clients and educational collaborators that we were talking to that greater change was needed to reflect the extraordinary times that we're living through, to help solve the biggest challenges the world is currently facing and to change the preconceptions of what university campus is and could be designing for a completely new generation of thinkers. In the real world, everything is mingled together. Problems and challenges aren't definable to one issue or source. And so how do we take these sometimes very established institutions and use design to help them? I'd like to explore today interdisciplinary approaches to education, the benefits of designing environments around problem solving rather than disciplines, and the challenges to and role of equality inclusion in areas like science, technology, engineering, and mathematics and how good design can create and facilitate inclusive, innovative and problem-solving campuses. And I have with me two guests who have over the years never failed to inspire me as innovators and communicators of exactly this, of crossing the thresholds of thinking and thinking big. So I'm delighted to welcome Theresa Anderson and Tim O'Brien to the conversation. If those names sound familiar, it's because Theresa and Tim are the team behind music, science and culture event Blue Dot Festival. Blue Dot takes place at Jodrell Bank Observatory and Discovery Centre in Cheshire, England and attracts headline acts like Bjork, Underworld, Goldfrap, The Flaming Lips, Chemical Brothers and Kraftwerk. Theresa Anderson, MBE, is a British physicist and the director of the University of Manchester's Discovery Centre at Jodrell Bank. She has a PhD in electrical engineering and a master's in fine art. She is a professor at the University of Manchester and has until recently been the chair of the Daphne Jackson Trust, which provides fellowships to scientists, technologists, engineers and mathematicians to return them to their careers after a career break of over two years taken for family, caring or health reasons. Tim O'Brien is an astrophysicist and a professor at the University of Manchester's School of Physics and Astronomy. He is Associate Director of Jodrell Bank Centre for Astrophysics, and I'm delighted that they are able to join me. Welcome. I should probably just declare an interest at this point, because Tim and I are married to each other, <laughs> which we haven't yet said, <laughs> and we're a husband and wife team, and we do quite a lot of you know weird and wacky things together, like, for example weird events at Jodrell Bank and, you know, making Jodrell Bank a World Heritage Site and things. And one of the things we... Yeah, small we, things like that. Yeah, little <laughs> things like that. And one of the things that we are very interested in, and it's because we've both got science backgrounds, massive science backgrounds, is the fact that as far as we're concerned, science is part of culture. But people who are kind of more steeped in the culture side of things don't seem to see science like that. So you end up... 
you know, the, I blame C.P. Snow with his flipping two cultures thing for a lot of this because, you know, a lot of people who don't have a science background think that science is something different. When as far as we're concerned, it's, you know, it's a, a realm of human endeavor. It takes creativity, a lot of grit, a lot of patience, diligence, you know, discipline, all of those things that everything takes if you're going to be good at it. And so we wanted to sort of, you know, express that um, and explore that with as many people as possible. And, you know, people who are interested in culture are perhaps a bit, I don't know if they're intimidated by science, but, you know, can't find a route in. So we wanted to just, you know, take down the barriers a bit and mm. have a bit of fun, obviously, because <laughs> it is fun. Come and have some fun and, and sort of learn something as well. Mm, yeah. Nice. It is fun. It is fun. And, and I loved your quote about strange beasts, uh, it being a strange beast and that combination of culture and music and science. Still, people don't get it. You know, people still say, well, is it an arts festival or is it a science festival or is it a music festival? And it's like, well, it's everything. You know, mm. it's a mix of everything and it still defies categorization. I, mean, I think it's a festival of creativity, really. Um, in the sense, you know, we 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 talk about um, uh, the creative sort of sector, um, and generally that's some sort of shorthand for often sort of arts and culture, and like we're saying, TV and film and all these sorts of things. And of course, they're they're incredibly important, but it somehow, you know, seems to almost exclude the science and engineering side of things, which are, which are equally creative in their own way. You know, you couldn't do. Mm scientific research without being creative you're creating new new knowledge um and so actually our, our sort of view is that you know it's not the case that one of these things is more important than the other um they, they work together actually um and you know you couldn't have bands like i don't know Kraftwerk or someone like that you know which all completely reliant on synthesizers and were pioneers in electronic music of course that's completely based on engineering and uh you know the scientific understanding of how, how how music works. So, um, so I think that's our sort of feeling is just to get get people together in a space, whether they're artists, you know, musicians, scientists, engineers, whatever, um, and just uh, just share uh, share our sort of you know, as as Tree said, our joy at, uh, uh, at what we're doing really, and our joy of understanding the planet and our place in the universe. The other thing is quite interesting is that we, we you know mix people up and we so I mean when we had craft work for example we had an event after the craft work performance when Tim in collaboration with them and with their permission and they were in the room and I say room it was like 2,000 people in a big tent Tim yeah. bounced their music off the surface of the moon now is that science yes is it technology yes is it art yes is it music yes was it a big collective experience? Yes. Did we all cheer? Yes. When it came back, you know, <laughs> it was just, you know, fantastic <laughs> moment. And that's kind of what we're about, you know, those sort of moments of crossover and connection and celebration. Yes. I think that's why I was so particularly interested in it in terms of the learning environment and how we translate that into, you know, the next generation of thinkers you know so so blue dots obviously got a huge range of people coming to it and you also have a huge range of people coming to the discovery center starting with the very young you know primary or preschool age uh yeah. and um i think i'm i'm sort of interested in in 
if you you said something Teresa earlier about how some people still don't get it um you know how they want to categorize it and and that's the the brilliant thing about it is you can't but just just sort of thinking a bit more then about um the sort of the the students that that you both are working with and you know so those on campus at Manchester University and those coming and researching and those professionals and academics working uh, at, at Jodrell Bank. Um, what, what do you think that um, we could bring to those environments to make them work even better? Because a lot of the work that we're now trying to, to do when designing spaces for uh, research is to not have um, categorization to make sure that it's as interdisciplinary as possible basically so you're not having any silos and I'm wondering what we can bring to that thinking that we might be able to uh, learn from these experiences that you've had. In a way you need you need all these things you need you need silos and you need interdisciplinary I don't think you can get because to make progress in, in a particular field, you do need to immerse yourself in that field and you need to surround yourself with people who are um, also working in that field and are experts in that field. You're not going to make progress if you only talk to people from outside of your field. But equally, if you are only to talk to people inside your field, you're going to miss out on different um, ways of doing things, different approaches, different questions. So it's quite, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's a difficult answer, isn't it? Because you're right, interdisciplinary is important. But don't, you know, we shouldn't forget that people need quiet spaces. They need spaces to be with them, you know, with themselves and with the thoughts, uh, as well as with other people. But then having some spaces where you intersect, where you clearly can work with the people who are the experts in the exact thing you're working on. Uh, I mean, we're doing we're doing a course at the yes. moment um, for undergraduates uh, at Manchester. We've got a, an area of the university called the uh, University College of Interdisciplinary Learning, UCIL, UCIL. Mm. Um, and its aim is actually to put on courses that are open to students from across the university. So students are given an experience of a of a subject outside of the primary um, field of um, of study. And so we're, um, myself, uh, Mike Garrett, who's in Jodrell as well, uh, a biologist um, and, a, and a person working in culture um, and the media, um, have, put, have, have developed a course on um, aliens, basically. So alien life, extraterrestrial right. life. And, and, it's, and it's interdisciplinary from the outset um, because, because it, 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 that idea that, you know, we use our radio telescopes to search for extraterrestrial signals. We do. We're just in case extraterrestrials are sending us messages, um, it would be remiss of us not to be not to be looking. So we do do that, um, <laughs> and we haven't found any yet. I can't announce that on your podcast, I'm afraid. But uh, we, we, <laughs> that was the yeah, yeah. reveal, wasn't it? So just just, just 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 let you know straight off, you're not getting an exclusive. Um, but we haven't yet found any. But we could, right? There could there could easily be extraterrestrials mm. out there. So there's a whole science. There's a whole area of science that you know, has physics and, and astrophysics and it has technical engineering aspects to it, searching for extraterrestrials. It then spills over into biology. What is life anywhere? What sort of extraterrestrial life might exist? What's the requirements for life? But then it has this whole cultural 
uh, dimension. You know, how 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 do we feel about what what do we mean by aliens, extraterrestrials? How do we how are they represented in in literature, in 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 film, and and so on? And so, you know, that course is very is very interesting. You know, for us, we get students from across the university taking it, and it's all online. Um, and it's been very popular and, uh, and I think we've really enjoyed teaching it and hearing from people with these different perspectives. But I think with the First Light Project, uh, that place, um, everybody that I've spoken to and my own experience of it as well is that people will hopefully um, turn up and go, Good grief. Wow, this is amazing. You know, what a place. I never thought this was here. Uh, is that is that how you hopefully is that was that your vision for the project and is that kind of in the context of this sort of learning experience? Yeah, I I think that's we both decided that's what we wanted. And it's a challenge you know at Jodrell because at Jodrell we have the Luffle telescope, the grade 1 listed amazing yes. massive icon of science. <laughs> And to create something, you know, people get off a, a coach or a, out of a car and go, wow, and, and see it from the hills and what have you. And so, so to have yes. something else, another structure at the site that doesn't compete with the Lovell, but actually, you know, is in the <clears throat> same vein, it's about humanity's relationship with the sky, is amazing. And every person I've taken to show them around so far has said, wow, they've said, really? wow. Yeah. Every single yeah. person has walked <laughs> up Fantastic. the little approach that we've got between the two hedges. There's a little bit of a reveal, yes. let's face it, at the end. Yes, and everybody's was, gone, yes. wow, that's amazing. And then when they get inside, yeah. there's another wow because of that amazing window that's, you know, the meridian yes. line. That's the internal sundial within the building, you know, like yes. those structures yeah. like Newgrange. And it's in that tradition. And in, in fact, it's really funny. We had a meeting of the World Heritage Site Steering Group and, you know, people came from UNESCO and what have you, and we took them to see it and they all went, wow. And then because they know about the heritage, one of them said, oh, my God, it's like Newgrange. It's like, you know, and they suddenly came out with all these ar archaeological, historical, yes. millennia-old you know, references to these structures yes. that connect to the sky. And that's what Tim and I really thought at the start. You know, when yes. we're writing the funding bids, writing the spare, everything, that's yes. what we'd asked for. So, yeah, yeah we're delighted journey. with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and isn't it a brilliant example of that combination of culture and history and science together, all working together? Uh, yeah. And just, you know, and, and creating that, that experience. So, uh, so I suppose that there's a, it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the whole, Jodrell Bank place and site and World Heritage site. Do you do you bring students, um, undergraduates, postgrads, early career researchers, etc., to the site as uh, often? Mm. I mean, I'm sure they do. They study much on on. Yeah. Undergraduates come out in the in the first week. Uh, the, the when they arrive at university, they have a special sort of visit to see the place, basically. Um, so, so there's buses that bring people out to have a tour around, but then, then of course they actually use it as part of their studies. So there's both, um, you know, as, as they go through in a degree in physics, they, uh, they use the telescopes at Jodrell remotely initially. Um, so over, over a via a web interface, um, they can use one of our telescopes here. 
um, and then uh, then we bring them out to use the telescopes personally, so they come and visit later in their degree. And then, of course, the the, the researchers uh, use it all the time. So, I mean, we use, you know, you don't have to be at a telescope to use it. I mean, you know, I use telescopes on spacecraft. Right. And rather sadly, I don't get to go to the <laughs> spacecraft um, to use them. So we actually make a special point for the, for the group, for the research group that makes most use of the Lovell telescope, which is the Pulsar uh, group. Um, they actually come out to Jodrell uh, once a week, especially. And the reason, the only reason for doing that, in fact, was so that they could see the telescope that takes the data with which they were working. Otherwise, they, we could have just left them in Manchester on campus and they could have downloaded the data and gone on with it. But we felt it was important for them to have that uh, that connection. And it's, it is an emotional connection as well with the with the telescope, you know. Um, we also have master students coming in from School of Arts, Languages and Cultures now. So, you know, master students in cultural practice come and do internships with us. And since we've you know, created this centre and Blue Dot and what have you, and also the World Heritage Site. So we now, you know, are are being interdisciplinary <laughs> in our contribution yeah. to, you know, the the yeah. postgrad research and practice that's going on. So it's it's yeah. definitely growing, yeah. I think. It's really interesting. Now, do you think that there's um, a, um, a place for um, bringing that idea, that concept to... The campus, so almost the reverse of, of. I mean, you talked to Lisa also in the past about uh, wow moments and, yeah. and create, you know, that inspiration that that, that that you that you need. And I wondered what you meant by that when you when you spoke about that. Was that about yeah, so, an experience or an emotion? Yeah, I, or I think it's mm. about emotion because I think the thing is now more than ever, information's available everywhere, <laughs> and mm. and you're not really education isn't really about delivering information it's about you know developing skills and it, it, it is partly it's partly about imparting you know what's understood in your field but the thing is that people are only are only going to learn and engage with whatever they're interested in if they if they care about it if they if they have a wow that's amazing or oh, that's funny, or I'm really curious about that, or, you know, this sort of emotional moment starts the movement towards investigation and what what have you. And we always say, you know, if you can get a kid to say, well, why is the sky blue? You know, the minute mm. they ask that question, mm. that makes them a scientist effectively. You know, that's what science is about. It's about being curious and taking responsibility mm. for your own exploration of it but people only do that if they if they care and yes. they only care if it's exciting or it's you know intriguing or annoying or whatever it, you know and those are all emotions it's um it's yes. about engaging people as you know as a whole person not just a brain we've been doing a lot of work in university master planning where we're trying to bring interventions and relationships between culture perhaps in the city uh, you're bringing a program of events aligned with the universities together so that um, you're creating the festivals there and emotional experiences there rather than just a bunch of buildings. And and, and, and I wondered what, what you thought about whether you could you could reverse that the idea of Blue Dot, but 
but in a more campus-based experience. I, I think it's got to have, I think one of the things about Jodrell, though, is it's the sense of place it, and the fact yeah. that the site is dominated by a huge, massive radio telescope, which is a very weird thing, you know, just creates a certain experience. <clears throat> and, I mean, we do do, yes. you know, blue dot, micro dots, as we call them, in urban environments and... and um, right. and they, they have a different character, and the university actually has lots of other little <coughs> festivals around. You know, there's a sustainability one, and there's there's various other things. And I think one of the things that you have to remember is there's a sort of authenticity, really, that that is to do with a sense of place, and getting that tone right mm. is quite an interesting challenge. I mean, it's, it just depends yes. on your, like Teresa says. I think having something at Jodrell has its own particular impact uh, because of the location because of you know it's very tied into that location and the giant telescope that's looking out into space while people are there i think that's what people love about that but equally you know you could have an event in the in the city and, and then you get a different group of people coming along so yeah the university has a community yeah. festival where yes. you know that's in one of the university buildings and local residents can come in and find out what's going on in those buildings we did a we set up a uh, a science engagement event uh, it's called science x uh, a few years ago that's been very successful and it's in the trafford center the big shopping center in manchester or just out in trafford park just it was tim's idea actually so basically that's a site that's a, i know a faculty for the science and engineering faculty and we get we get a whole bunch of researchers and you know undergraduate postgraduate students researchers and they go into the shopping center and they set up stalls within the shopping center and we basically uh right. capture people that are doing the shopping and they're walking past and they see this stand yeah. you know with a i don't know might have a formula yes. one car on it or something like that if the engineering students are, are there or a, or a flight yes. simulator or a or a, a virtual reality headset showing them the universe you know which is what we've taken along and then yes. they basically come along and they have a go yes. and um, and they get to have a chat to some of the researchers. But that's a that's an intervention where you you know where you you interact with people that weren't expecting you to be there. You know they didn't have to make yes. an effort yes. to go to your event. You go to them, and that's another yes. way of doing yes. these things that uh, I think is quite uh, quite yes. important. And I think universities, you know, and picking up your point about what to do in universities and university buildings, it's like. Having buildings that are themselves, you know, we talked about the the first light pavilion, the new building at Jodrell, and how wonderful it is, and how amazing it looks, even from the, you know, from the outside and then from the inside, um, it's a different experience again. Mm. And that, you know, I think that is, you know, that should carry across into into as many university buildings as, as you can, you know, on campus mm. um, as well, because mm. Mm. you know that excitement of seeing the structure and 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 then you know being able to go inside and find out what's going on in there is i think really really crucial actually and you do see yeah. you know there are there are nice there are nice buildings and there are less nice buildings and, and sometimes you don't need a building at all actually to create that sort of sense of place one of the one of the interesting projects we've just finished is at uh, brighton university a new academic building and business school but the idea behind it was to make it a 
a, a part of Brighton. Mm. So that sense of place that you were talking about um, was really important for um, community involvement and connection. So we took the idea of the of the character of Brighton being artistic and a bit punky and a bit a bit anarchic and Brighton Pier and that sense of fun and activity and then the idea of the murmur the murmurations the starlings over Brighton Pier which I'm sure you're very familiar with as scientists about the state of flux and we tried to interpret that in the facade so that the fa facade represented this sense of change uh, using different tile types and finishes and uh, reflectivity whereas the lower levels was was all about the sense of fun and activity at Brighton Pier. So it's, it was quite an interesting project. But you can never tell how people are going to react to something and how they're going to then create their own experience and, you know, yes. engagement with the space. And so it's, it's always a little bit of a, you know, I think I think one of the things I say, I've often said is we have to create spaces where these moments can happen, but you can't make them happen. <laughs> You've got to sort no. of try and facilitate, you know, put all the ingredients there and then people create yes. their own encounters. And, you know, one of the things I really love kind of walking around Blue Dot, not quite with a paper bag over my head, but, you know, people don't recognize me as much as they recognize Tim because I haven't been on telly. But I love, you know, walking about and then you see <laughs> families or you know, people just encountering experiments or, you know, somebody's making rockets out of pop bottles or you see them, you see one of your colleagues who in, you know, normal times is standing there giving a lecture, you know, being questioned quite, you know, <laughs> assiduously by a group of kids with sparkly hair or something and you just think, oh, that's really nice. So that you have that sense of, well, you've facilitated... Yeah people creating their own moments you know it's it's um yeah it's quite a privilege to yeah. be able to yeah. you know see it's it happening amazing i remember coming as a boy to <laughs> to jodrell bank uh, my hometown's not far away and getting a little ticker tape uh, uh souvenir uh, everybody so mentions that julian everybody mentions that the ticker isn't, tape isn't it isn't that isn't it amazing the ticket tape yeah. you, you, these these sort of that experience is is still there isn't it that's been really really um, interesting thank you very much both of you for for those insights and for those um, stories it's a delight for me to have worked um, on those projects with, with you both and it's been a privilege to get that learning as well um, and I I'm hoping, Tim, that you might just reveal about the aliens <laughs> right at the last point, but uh, come in now if you wish to say anything. Otherwise, um, yeah, all for me to say is thank you very, very much indeed. It's lovely to talk. And um, thank you all for listening. Um, you've been listening to, I feel like I'm on Radio 4, you've been listening to Hassle Talks with me, Julian Gitchen. And uh, please do keep an eye out for more episodes uh, coming soon. We've had some terrific reviews being left for the podcast. So thank you to our listeners for those. And um, just finally, subscribing and leaving us a review or rating helps us get out there and shares the fantastic insights that we've heard today that we're gathering from across our network of designers, researchers and strategists. So don't forget you can find more about our work and insights at hasslestudio.com. 
This episode was produced by Prue Vincent and Annie Scapettis with thanks to One Fine Play. Thank you and good night.